Hey everybody, your friend and hopefully your helpful friend here, uh, Skip, for a uh, another early morning podcast of Finding Meaning. I hope that uh, if you have listened to any of these consistently, I hope that they have any of these podcasts, I hope that they have assisted you in some way to ask the questions about uh, giving life more substance. Because that's really, I think, uh, where we find meaning is first we, we have to begin to understand that life is more substantial than we realize. And I... I I think most people with common sense understand that life is, is substantial, that there are substantial things in this life. Um, most people I have met that have children realize uh, the great responsibility and gift that kids can be. Uh, people who have uh, other people they really love, uh, spouses, aunts, uncles. We. We all know that, and, and I hope you have that in your life, that, that we know that there's substance to those relationships, substance to those, those feelings. And I, and I would say that uh, many times, and I speak from experience here, uh, many times it's, it's that substance of those relationships that allow us to hang on as we move through this life. I want to talk about um, perception today. I've talked about this in other podcasts. And when you listen to these, you'll you'll get an understanding that I come around to the same topics uh, because I think that's how the process works. Is that uh, when we seek to find meaning, when we seek to uh, give life a meaning and, and a deeper substance, uh, we we have to come around to the same topics uh, because hopefully uh, we have learned a little more about it. Hopefully we grow a little more. Uh, you know, spirituality, spiritual growth is not a linear project. It's not a straight line. You don't start at uh, you know day one of... Of finding meaning, and by day ten thousand, you have found it. Uh, finding meaning, finding substance, finding uh, true depth and spirituality is about uh, two steps forward and three steps back sometimes, um, or ten steps forward, one step back, and then the next day five steps back and eight steps forward. You know what I mean. Uh, we travel in circles spiritually and we come around to the same topic so that we can learn a little more about that topic, uh, become a little more enlightened, hopefully, about that topic. You have heard me say many times in these podcasts over the past what, 14, 15 months, however long it's been, that I'm convinced we have the ability to to create our own reality. 
Uh, I tell my kids that, that you have, uh, to some degree, the ability to create your own reality. Now, that can be misconstrued. That can be misunderstood grossly if you're not careful. Uh, because often what a human ear will hear when I say that is that they can somehow manipulate things, arrange things in such a way that, that protects them from the things that are not good in life. And there are plenty of those. Hardships and grief. and uh, That's not what I'm saying. I think that a large part, or, or at least a, a significant piece of, of living life is the acceptance that so much of it is really not in our control. Uh, I can't control everything, nor do I want to, um, because that would just exhaust me. Uh, but I would be disappointed. We cannot control all of reality. We can't control what our loved ones do. We can't, obviously, right now, control uh, disease or politics. We can have a voice. We can make a stand. Uh, hopefully, we can have a positive effect. But there are just, uh, as you learn in drug treatment, uh, some unmanageable things. You can't manage everything. Uh, having said that, I will still stand by the fact that I believe that a good 80, 85, 90% of the pain that, that we have in life is really uh, self-chosen. That we, we choose to perceive reality in such a way that causes us pain. And we do that because pain becomes, and when I say pain, I'm, I'm talking about spiritual pain. I'm talking about um, melancholy. I'm talking about a sort of spiritual depression. Now I make a distinction there because uh, I think there is a distinction between spiritual depression and physical depression. Uh, physical depression is a chemical imbalance. A lot of people have it. I've been diagnosed with it. Uh, it can be treated. Uh, but there's also a spiritual malaise. There's also a a spiritual depression, a, a, a sadness that really is more than physical. It's a, it's a sadness that uh, comes with a lot of frustration, comes with a lot of impatience. Uh, and I think it's something that a lot of people suffer from because we haven't learned that we have some control over that, that not only like getting help for our physical depression, our chemical imbalance, uh, we can help ourselves with spiritual depression. Uh, let me try to unpack what I mean by spiritual depression just a little bit more. Have you ever noticed that you have a longing inside of you? That you long for something more? Uh, there's a there's a deeper sense in you that there's more to this life and that you want that. And that the more it seems to elude you, the more uh, 
sort of spiritual sadness settles upon you. Now, physical depression has great physical uh, symptoms to it. I mean, when when someone's in a deep depression, they don't want to move, they don't want to work, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to get out of bed, they don't want to function. I've been there, man. Uh, and, and it needs to be treated. But I'm talking more about a sort of uh, constant malignant malaise of disappointment that settles over we human beings, even those of us uh, who may not have physical depression, feel an anxiety over the way life might be for us. Now, you may be in a place where uh, you're settled and maybe have made choices that have allowed you to live a fulfilling life, and that's wonderful, great. Uh, it's also very rare. I think ultimately that spiritual depression, that spiritual malaise that we find, uh, if it's not addressed at the front end, will lead us to this sort of ongoing uh, ongoing litany of things we have tried to fix it. People go through drug addiction or relationships or you name it, man, uh, addicted to exercise, addicted to food, addicted to a lot of things to try to fulfill that drive, that need for meaning, for substance, uh, that we have tried to put a lot of things in the way of spirituality uh, and I've named a few of them, addictions to food or exercise or drugs or alcohol. But there are more subtle things that we use to try to address this uh, emptiness. Uh, selfishness, self-centeredness is a big way that people deal with uh, this need to find meaning and depth in their life. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen people who ultimately what they're talking, why they're talking to you or what they're talking about will always lead back to their needs. And it doesn't make them a bad person. It, it makes them a person who is not fulfilled. Um, one of the things that I have found in a spiritual direction, doing spiritual direction, or doing counseling, uh, leading groups, is that the vast, vast majority of people who even if they want to help other people will always direct those uh, moments of therapy or those moments of advice giving, whatever it may be, back to them, that what they're really in the conversation for is not a concern over you necessarily, but a concern over them, or at least a mutual concern. Rarely, brothers and sisters, rarely is anyone completely selfless in any kind of helpful conversation. And 
that's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm simply recognizing that to say that we all have this deep, deep need to find meaning. And we can, on some level, if we understand it, frame reality in such a way that helps give it meaning. That's really what these podcasts are about. I'm going to give you a simple example of what I'm talking about. Uh, if you have children in your life, maybe you've raised children or are raising children or have nieces and nephews or, or even if you're a grandparent or, or what have you, uh, kids are, are messy. Uh, they're learning uh, how to be functional human beings. I have teenage kids right now in my station in life. I'll be 55 years old in a few months. Uh, I have one child going to college here uh, soon. I have another just started high school and another who just started middle school. So I'm very much in the process here. And there are times when I get exceedingly frustrated at how my kids behave. However, in order for me to frame what that means, I have to understand a few things. The first one is, you know, my kids don't know how to live life. They didn't ask to be here. I have to teach them that. The second thing is, they've probably learned some of that sort of silliness from me. I have to look at my own stuff. And thirdly, I have to remember that, you know, this is what it means. It doesn't mean anything else. I can't will my, my kids to not be sloppy or to not forget to do homework or to, you know, it... This is what it is. This is what it means. And I need to set my mindset in that framework. Now, the alternative is to just walk around and be frustrated with kids who leave lights on all the time. You know, be angry constantly. And I have made that mistake, folks. I, you know, in my own immaturity, uh, I have uh, responded with frustration and anger to situations that I've created. These kids are mine. They have learned this stuff from me. This is what it is. I need to get to work in that framework rather than being mad all the time about something. So I hope you see the difference that you have to understand. You have to be awake to uh, the fact that you have to frame each moment in its proper frame, in its proper understanding, and then move through it to learn the lesson. What we often do is we get so hung up in ego. We get so hung up in that malaise or disappointment that it becomes a self-defeating process. Let me give you another example. Uh, in my years of counseling people, I have come to find out that most people who are not at least a little bit awake spiritually 
function from their ego. And their ego, that is to say that, that thing that, that the world has made them to be, that thing that they have agreed to be in the world, uh, creates a set of expectations that aren't met. Uh, I remember a conversation I had once with a person who was lamenting that they were single, uh, that none of their relationships were working out. And, and uh, this was a, a, a young gentleman. And I said, well, you know, what are your expectations? And the expectations that this uh, gentleman laid out was to have everything be perfect, to have the, the partner that that he thought was exactly the way a partner should be. Well, I tried to share with him, and I hope it worked, that that's not the way life is. You don't get to frame things perfectly because that becomes false. You have to find a partner who can accept you for who you are, and you can accept them for who they are and work through that. That's the proper framework for a relationship. No, that person may not be exactly what you have envisioned yourself, uh, envisioned for yourself as a partner, but that's okay because that's the way it should be. And there's a difference in framework of reality there. That on one hand, this, this young man wanted perfection in, in a partner. And that's never going to happen because there's no one who's perfect. And he certainly wasn't. Or you can reframe that and to say that I just need to find someone that cares for me, that loves me, uh, that helps nurture me, and realize that that person also has brokenness and needs and hurt. So, you see, how do we frame it? How do you frame uh, your reality? Do you look at things as opportunity or do you look at things as defeat? One of the things I try to teach my kids is in sports especially, but in, in, in life. There's no winners or losers. You either win, you either succeed, or you learn how to. It's a framework. And when I talk about framework of reality, when I talk about learning how to create a reality, that's what I mean. Uh, that's what I mean. That we have a choice to, to view things in clarity and in a real way, or we have a choice to uh, to live out of our own unmet expectations and disappointment. So, when you view life, and no matter what life hands us, we have to find a way to to put it in a framework that helps it make sense, but not just sense to us, but sense to reality. I have seen people who have tried to frame reality in such a way where things are always bright and rosy and happy. Well, that's not reality. There are days when you're bummed out and there are days when you're happy. You, you, you have to change lenses. You have to be malleable. You have to be pragmatic. 
You have to be able to see each circumstance in a new way. That takes a little bit of, of being spiritually awake. So, as you're searching for meaning, I hope you hear this, that no matter what today might hand you, you have the capacity to put that in a framework that helps you grow. You also have the capacity to put it in the framework of your ego and constant unmet expectations. You have the capacity within you to free yourself from that spiritual malaise that comes through operating through the false self. You have the capacity to look through the eyes of some spiritual maturity and help make sense and find meaning in your life. I hope this was helpful. Uh, and uh, please know that you are cared for more than you can imagine.